Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. (laughs) (laughs) Me asking questions, it's very difficult, nice ones. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, X, let's not beat around the bush. Me and you at times have seen eye to eye. Me and you at times, variously, I've never seen eye to eye. I've never been a lover of ITKs, to be fair. I, I don't think I'm, I need to wide behind that. I, I give Sean a lot of stick. People don't see it sometimes. Luckily for me, I've got his phone number, so I do it direct to him. Or actually, when he <laughs> rings me up, and I tell him what a fucking idiot he is. Um, so it's only fair, actually, that I get to say the same to you. Um, well, I'm a fucking and idiot. In a way, well, you... The club is a circus, yeah? I think we can all agree on that. Do you think that you are part of the circus or you are reacting to what happens in the circus? Well, I'd go with the latter. I'm reacting to what goes on in the circus because I don't make up what happens. It is what happens. It's factual. Um, Whatever I say is something that is true. So if it wasn't, if they had, if it hadn't happened in the first place, then I couldn't say it, could I? So, yeah, I just report what goes on. So if it's if it's a circus activities that go on, then that's what's reported as well. The difference I would say, particularly with my with myself, is that I don't make any money from the ICK rumours. The only thing I might make a little bit of money from is the events, and even then, half the time it's just trying to break even or making a loss. I don't make any money from it. I don't. Enough, I don't get paid for the podcast. I don't have a website that I'm trying to get fixed to, really. Um, and so what I put out is what I genuinely think the fans will want to know. And there's a hell of a lot I don't put out as well. So the difference between me and, say, uh, a newspaper writer, which were journalists, they would put this story out anyway, is that I actually filter what I think should be put out and what shouldn't be put out. And um, would like to think that most of the time, or in fact, probably all the time, everything I put out is with thoughts or whether it detriments the club or not i don't know if you don't understand the influence you have on the fan base um especially ux in in the way that people think and that sometimes some of your tweets can be a bit flippant but then again it can roll up a certain section in the fan base in a in a reacting in a certain way i disagree with you in in where you turn around and say oh if we don't do it, the newspapers will, because a lot of what you get come from an inside track that perhaps the newspapers wouldn't have had. But what, what is it that I say that really affects the fan base that much, then in a negative way? 
it, you might not see it in a negative, but it, if you look at, you must know, you must read your tweets or to read the reaction to your tweet. And, and in a way, some of the times I've seen it, and sometimes it's not actually you, it's the people that follow you. Their reaction to it is what astounds me. I mean, I, I do find it funny when you get so many people saying, this is not so much your fault, but this just shows you the power that you have, that people say, I won't believe it unless X says it. Right, what's wrong so, with that, though? <laughs> I mean, I guess the reason it affects me is because uh, ultimately, as I say, I st- see myself just as a West Ham fan. That's who I am. I'm a West Ham fan that happens to have a few people that know what's going on in the club and as I used to when I was a kid I used to call up club call and rake up massive amounts on my parents phone bill trying to get the latest West Ham news before the days of ITKs and the internet and so on I'd go on teletext and club call wanting to know what was going on so I see it as I'm lucky enough to have that inside line so I give West Ham fans news about what's going on at their club that's it that's the the way I see it and if people want to take what I've said and put their own agenda on it they probably would do that anyway Uh, I think I try to be as balanced as possible with my tweets and if people misinterpret that or put their own spin on it well they would do that to anyone I don't I don't think I lead them in any way yeah I I, I sort of get what you're saying but there's, there's still that part of me that that thinks sometimes in especially around transfer window time become the circus (laughs) <laughs> and this is the thing, right? There wouldn't be, there wouldn't be like trans, Sky Sports News transfer sections. There wouldn't be websites purely set up for transfers. There wouldn't be all sorts of like radio show coverage on transfers if people didn't want it. The simple solution is if you don't like it, don't listen to it. You know, I don't particularly like politics anymore, so I don't watch a politics channel. I don't read it in the news. I don't pay much attention to it. And it's the same thing. And I, as I say, everything I tweet, I hope to be factual i never tweet anything out knowing it's not real so everything i put out i hope is genuine and it enables and actually helps west ham fans to be able to see what is actually genuine about their club and what is just made up for hits to a website or newspaper sales or i don't know agent agendas i don't have any of that reason so i hope what i put out actually almost it sounds a bit arrogant but almost guides west ham fans to what actually is happening accurately about the club rather than what is an agenda of someone else's yes possibly i mean for me i still think that too much information is put out and possibly i know you've had this in the past where um people have, have used it against you in saying that oh if you say we're linked to this player it alerts other clubs. You know, what it, it, what the, the thing perhaps I find strange now is when you talk about, oh, if we didn't talk about it, the newspapers would. But now you two are followed by the newspapers and now they report what you two are saying. And I, I am adamant that the, 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 all this on the Sunday supplement and everything about there only being one scout and everything else, I don't think that would have been in the public domain. Yeah, I didn't report that. It was other people. 
in my emails, um, I get emails all the time from agents telling me, oh, we're going to sign, West Ham want to sign this player or West Ham have watched this player. Sometimes I get it from agents where the player's not even linked to West Ham. It could be a deal for Middlesbrough or someone random like that. And they want me to put it out there, but they would do that to every single person that has some kind of transfer influence. Whereas, like I said, I make sure that when I put mine out, it's genuine. And the fact that people think, that me tweeting something alerts other clubs to signings. It's just ludicrous because we're in an absolute, you know, multi-billion industry now where scouting networks, aside from West Ham's, are like really, really big and really like well thought out and strategic. There's no way that a club would go, right, oh, we need a new midfielder. All right, X has linked West Ham to this one. Let's go and sign him. It's just, it's just not, that's just not believable at all. It's just, it's ridiculous because that, you know, that so, so much goes into it. And as you've said with Sam Incasol, he is a journalist. He's not, what well, he's not, he didn't even start as a West Ham fan, as I think he's admitted on your podcast before. He's not a West Ham fan. He just writes about West Ham. So he's happened to get himself the information from the club. And he's proven that you can do that. I could, if I wanted to, and this is not being arrogant at all. I'm just saying it for the argument. Say, if I wanted, to because of people I know in football I could probably do the same for Norwich City I could probably do the same for Arsenal I could probably do it for Leighton Orient and I could probably do it for Charlton if I was interested in those clubs because I know people that have key positions there but I don't I don't have an interest in these clubs so I don't bother to ask but I could if I wanted to so if I could do that then there's plenty out there that could do it as well for those teams I think it's um, important to know is that football has moved on massively. And I know, obviously, Nigel, and I respect this. And that's why I find your account interesting. Like, you know, you're a big fan of West Ham in the 80s, West Ham in the 70s, and so on. So, and, and I, you know, that's before my time. So I find your stuff really interesting. But what, <laughs> what happens is, in those days, there wasn't the agents, there wasn't social media, there wasn't all these people involved in the transfer deal. So, yes, it now looks like it's the, the, like social media that's caused all these problems but it is also the fact that there's agents involved there's so much to a deal a medical takes place over a number of days at various hospitals and various locations so in, in terms of the transfer of going from the start to the finish there's so many people involved in it now which is just how football's moved on and a transfer deal will never ever ever just appear in the paper like it used to in the past when the first thing you knew is when you picked up the paper and it was there that just won't happen anymore because not because there's people leaking stuff like me and Sean but because football's moved on now and I think people that have an issue with it aren't completely accepting that times have changed do you see yourselves as part of modern football then yeah I do I mean that's yeah I do because I think you know I mean even you you're involved in modern football Nigel because you're on a podcast now you know podcast in the 80s or so you're involved in it. You're talking to Sean about transfers or news that he's got. So you're directly involved. You're, you're on Twitter. You tweet things on Twitter about West Ham. So you are part of modern football. Of course, you're not doing perhaps as much high profile stuff as Sean and I, but you're still involved in it as we all are. And I think that's just what football is now. It is all social media as is life. You know, it's not just football. Life is heavily controlled by social media. You've been working with Canning Town then. Yeah, but that yeah, but that's because uh, you know I'll talk to anyone about West Ham. Right? 
And also, Nigel, sorry, like, and I respect you for this because you were right. You were one of the first people back in the day that called out the board on moving stadiums. And I think most of us, I wish I'd kind of had the sort of thought processes that you had at the time. However, at that time, you know, you were on social media then, you're on TV, you were making protests and making your voice very well known that you didn't support the move. And, and that was, and you never would have been able to do that in the 70s and 80s because no disrespect to you and no disrespect to, myself or Sean, our voice wouldn't have had the audience that it now has, but because of social media and so on, you, your voice was known then, as is ours, and, and we're all part of it. You know, the Premier League now, think how different that is to what football was in the 80s and 90s. I mean, I miss it massively, but the Premier League era is just completely different. The money involved, the agents, the wages, the TV coverage, you know, the fact that you can watch any West Ham game you want, through streams and through, you know, Sky and BT and Amazon and all of that. It's just a completely different world now. And I don't like it. I'm like you. I prefer football in the past, but it's just the way it is now. And it won't change. If anything, we'll get more and more like this. As a kid, I wanted to be a football journalist. And unfortunately, when you don't go to school, (laughs) that causes you a problem. You know, so I shot myself in the foot there by not attending school and I've paid the price for it, um, education-wise, ability-wise and everything else, but I still wanted to be a writer. First article I ever wrote was about how West Ham was a circus or soap opera and um, it was in a competition for the PFA website and they actually picked me as one of the winners. So I got to write for the PFA website and they picked four people. And frankly, they wouldn't publish half of what I wrote because it was too critical. And basically, because it was the PFA, you got, you can't criticize the club too much. You can't criticize individual players too much. I couldn't criticize Avran Grant too much. Well, why am I wasting my time then? So I walked away from it and went to Overland and see because Gary would publish unedited. If you've got something to say, he'll publish it. And, you know, my grammar's crap. You know, it's improved recently, thanks to Grammarly. So, but that is why I'm a writer. I was just a Joe Average fan until Golden Sullivan bought the club. You know, I never really used to have a drink before football. I used to live near the ground, a 10-minute walk. I could walk to the ground, watch the game and go home. Job done. Didn't have to worry about parking my car because it was parked outside my house. Then I move out, Golden Sullivan buy the club. And uh, for the first six months, okay, we stay up. Then uh, Karen Brady gives an interview on London radio and outlines what this move to the stadium is going to do. And I thought, nah, that ain't right. That's wrong. This is going to be terrible. It's not going to be a football stadium. And then I looked around to (laughs) where I would have thought the fans would would fight against it and no one stepped up. So I felt, I, the thing is, when I started it, I didn't even have a Twitter account. I didn't know what Twitter was. My daughter set it up for me. She said, oh, dad, you need, you know, I, the, what did I do? I protested outside the ground because that's how it was done in the old days. <laughs> I didn't well, know about I mean, social though. media so back changed. then. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah. I mean, let me, so if I give you an example of myself, I, I used to, I, I, when I was 10 years old, this is the honest truth, when I was 10 years old, I used to write for On A Mission fanzine. Do you remember that fanzine? It wasn't as good yes, as I've Overland. Yes, I've got, I've got See, copies but- of it. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There you go. So it was a rival fanzine. Now, I think you might have even had to be over 18. So right for that, so I pretended I was. I pretended I was over 18. I probably should admit to this, but it's the truth. I pretended I was over 18, and they accepted my articles. And I used to have, a, um, however frequently that fanzine went out. Now, I can't remember, but monthly, let's say. I used to have a monthly feature in on a mission, um, and I was under my real name back in those days. And I used to talk about the players and who I thought was good, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I used to write for that. And I didn't have a Twitter because obviously Twitter didn't exist then and um, social media and the internet and so on didn't exist. But I used to write that. I used to love the fact that my club, that I loved, that I supported, that people were prepared to listen to what I had to say. And now this is just a, magnif- a magnified version of that. Yes, I know I'm saying stuff with a bit of inside information to give myself credibility, but the ultimate reason I do it, and the same reason that I guess you did when you set up your um, stuff at, at the start, was that you wanted to have your voice heard and you wanted people to you know, take your opinion on my stand seriously, and that's ultimately what social media has enabled myself and many, many, many people to do now. Um, and yes, it might be very different to when you first started, but as I say, it's just the, it's just the new the new era, the new age. This writing on websites and Twitter is what writing in Overland and Sea was 10, 20 years ago, as is what is standing outside the ground protesting in the 60s or whatever. It's just an evolution of how you get your West Ham opinions out there. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I actually? As a kid, I wrote a particular article about a particular player, and I mentioned it on on our um, podcast. And I said, if you if you're really interested, and I thought no one's going to have this copy or be bothered to dig it out, so I named the I named the episode, like the edition, sorry, of the fanzine, and I named what player I was talking about. And randomly, someone without even telling me sent a copy of that fanzine with my name underlined to the Phoenix FM studios when I when we used to record there and with no other message other than that and I just thought bloody hell that is really really freaky but um, yeah so you can probably find me in there somewhere you'd be amazed what people collect yeah I know <laughs> 
do you think uh, the criticism of you is unwarranted? And do you think you react well to it? I think Sean reacts better than I do <laughs> because Sean, like Sean said, it's water for darts back to him. I'm not the same. I'm more sensitive than that. And perhaps I do react too much to criticism because in my opinion, as I say, I, I don't, I understand why people don't like what I do. Don't get me wrong. I don't sit here thinking, why do all people hate me? I understand. Firstly, you know, particularly the older school of fan that isn't sort of accepting of the new era. I think I understand why they don't like what I do or say. However, some, some of the stuff that's personal and some of the stuff that goes above, like, what is actually true and reasonable does affect me because I just think, look, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm putting a bit of news out there to keep West Ham fans in the loop. It's news that if I didn't have that info, I'd want to know. It's like when Sean puts something out that I don't know about, which happens, and I, and I find it interesting. And that's why I look at his Twitter and that's why I look at um, uh, his website as well because I'm just interested because I'm a fan. Um, so I do, I do kind of understand why people do it, but ultimately, I think the criticism does go over the, t- at the top. I don't ruin transfer deals. I don't be fed anything by the board. I don't have an agenda. All the opinions that I give on Twitter or on the podcast are not told to me. They're just my own opinions. They might not be opinions that people agree with. And I'll admit, three or four years ago, I thought your opinions on the board, Nigel, were ridiculous and that they were harsh and that you you were stupid, I guess is the right word. But now, with hindsight, it looks like I was the one that was stupid because I agree with a lot of what you've said. But as I said at the time, that was not an opinion I was told to have. That was my opinion. And people just need to accept that I'm I'm a, a same or I might have sixty eight thousand followers or whatever I've got, but it wouldn't matter if I've got sixty eight thousand or two. It's still my opinion, and it's still my platform to share my opinion. The one thing I will say is that um, I don't engage so much now, or try not to. Um, in that way, you know, I've had a few bad experiences, and perhaps it teaches you a lesson. I mean, people do take it a bit too far. I think at times there's there's no two ways about it. I mean, you know, in all honesty, and this is not me dramatising things, you know, I've had death threats. I've had people say they're going to turn up to the event and smash my head in and all this stuff just because I put a transfer story out there that didn't happen. So I think I think people do take things a bit too far and a bit too seriously at times. While you're here, then let's let's, uh, let's get this right, right? Because this was one thing, yeah. But actually, because I was in on it, and I told you, 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 yeah, I told you before you did it. I thought you were wrong. In hindsight, do you think X? Do you think, without talking to Sean, that that was a worthwhile thing, or do you think it sort of, in my opinion, in a way, it belittled what you do? I think it was a worthwhile thing because what what we were trying to prove and what we did prove was that any any story out there that you know get enough people behind it, people will believe. And I've always tried to maintain that whatever I put out there is factual, and that people should take it as that if if it doesn't happen, then I've been told wrongly. But I've never made something up, but apart from in this incident, so we made so we made this up, and everyone always claims that um you know. You don't get your information directly, that we always copy it from other places, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this proved that just by putting out a rumor that wasn't true, 
that everyone just jumps onto it and makes it something that it isn't so that there's so much fake news out there that actually you, you it proved that in some ways what we do is actually good because we put out things apart from obviously in that case the um, accurate news whereas most places just jump on anything for clicks and hits now obviously it wasn't i like the best thing to have done in the sense that um the poor player <laughs> the poor player thought he had to move to west ham coming and started banging <laughs> He did, yeah. <laughs> but this is what I can think to. You, you, you've played with a player's... Yeah, but you've played with a player's career now. You know, you yeah, pick this geezer, you know, 4,000 miles I away. I don't mean to sound hot patronising to him, but he was an... No disrespect. I don't even know how Sean got the name, because it was Sean that got the name, not me. But he, yes, was, an absolute, he was an absolute nobody. And actually, after we decided he was coming to West Ham, he started banging in goals left, right and centre and being linked with a load of top clubs. So I actually think whilst it could have ruined his career, it actually helped him. Do you think he knows he got played? (laughs) I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's it's quite cruel in some ways when you look at it like that, but I actually don't think it did any harm to him. But it did just prove that so many media outlets out there just recycle rubbish, basically. And actually, if you want facts and truth, you've got to go with someone that only tries to put that out. Um, and, I, you know, it's it's just uh, there's always going to be differences of opinion on, on this, I think. And that's what the beauty of football is in all aspects. And yes, what I do is probably not ideal to some, but it... It's never meant maliciously. It's always meant just to give West Ham fans what the news is. And like, you know, if there was a, if I was to write for Teletext, let's say in the old days, would people criticize me then? If it was a West Ham page on Teletext that put out accurate news about West Ham, would people say that was a bad thing or not? I don't think they would. I think people would read that Teletext page all all the time. And it's just the same thing, but with a modern twist to it. Yeah. And, and this is, and this is what, and I'm so privileged to have this. I mean, this is the one thing that out of makes everything worthwhile to me is the fact that we can do these events because since, you know, I am a nobody, you know, I am literally a, a fat lad with a Twitter account that has basically managed to get myself a, a decent voice in terms of, you know, following and stuff. And one of the main positives to have come from this, it's given me a chance to meet players that or. West Ham players that I grew up idolising, you know, that I've met some of my heroes have been, I've been sat there chatting to, writing questions for, speaking to, and actually becoming good friends with. You know, I went to the, uh, the West Ham Leicester game, Pellegrini's last match in charge with a player that I watched many a time as one of my favourite players at West Ham. I went with him as a friend to the game and, you know, things like this would never have happened if it wasn't for social media. And these events, I believe, keep the history with us, you know, Phil Parks, as you said, is our guest this weekend. He is going to speak very openly about the board, I'm sure, because he's made his opinions very well known on, on them. John Hartson, um, for the game just gone, that was amazing. You know, I remember very clearly coming home from school with delight when we'd signed Hartson and Kitson and the, and the impact that he had, that, that was amazing. And, you know, and these events, People talk about the new West Ham and how they don't like it and so on. I'm surprised Nigel isn't a regular down there because it's all about the old West Ham celebrating the past and keeping that history. I did go to one, if you remember. 
Oh yeah, actually I do know. One. <laughs> 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 I'll take that back. It <laughs> <laughs> was good. For, yeah, maybe that's for another show, perhaps. <laughs> We've had three in a row. Now we had John Monker, John Hartson, and Phil Parks. And I think, you know, because we've done so many in such a short space of time, numbers aren't quite what they usually are. So if you want a intimate intimate setting with Phil Parks, then you're, then you're going to get that on um, Saturday at the moment. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely tickets. Um, they can do it on via my Twitter page, via the West Ham Way website, via Dave's Twitter page, via our Facebook group, or they can just turn up on the door if they want at um, O'Neill's in Leysenstone. And uh, and I'm selling pie mash um, in in South Hockenden. Yeah, um, I think we'll lose three nil to Liverpool. Maybe yeah, three nil lose three nil to Liverpool as depressing as that is, and. Mm, this is a tricky one. Scrape a 2-1 win against Brighton. I was saying no, and I was saying no, we're definitely going down because I didn't think we were going to sign any players and I thought it was just complete. I thought that was it and that we'd almost given up and that the chairman had given up and everyone was resigned to relegation. I do believe the next four days of the window are going to be crucial to that if we can bring in three players four players maybe, then we might just stay up. So I'm going to err on the side of optimism and say, yes, we just about will. Uh, predictions. I think Liverpool, I think we'll be in the bottom three by the end of the game. Take that as you will. Brighton, uh, I'm worried about because I think if we do slip into the bottom three, the fan base will take it rather badly. And therefore, I think if Brighton can get on top of us, it won't be an happy place to be. So I would go for a draw. And we'll go down. I've got a bit of housekeeping. Check out the uh, new podcast series, which will be one a month or one every other week or one whenever me and Len want to do it, um, which is this year. It's a hammer podcast and we look back at 1980 to 81 season focusing on the Tbilisi run and lastly I just want to say thank you to people uh, I wrote an article last week on West Ham till I die and uh, it was a rather humbling experience to receive so many personal messages people texting me um, about the article so the people know who they are Johnny, Stevie, um, Russ, um, too many to mention. But I just wanted to thank everybody on West Ham till I die as well. Because uh, that made, you know, people wonder why you still go West Ham. It's because of the people there. And a sign of You'd all the social the media article, stuff he does. Which I know you haven't. <laughs> you would have to read the article, which I know you haven't, um, <laughs> to know why. Uh, friendly. Um, <laughs> a social media um, core, <laughs> <whore>, yes. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all 
small body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.